You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Fairby, write for Pittsburgh Sports Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I work as a production assistant at ACC Network. Folks, it's a big preview Thursday episode of Pitt versus UNC. Big football game coming up for Kenny Pickett and company. I'll be joined by Locked On ACC host Candace Cooper for this game. She also used to host Locked On Tar Heels. So we're going to get an outside perspective here on the Tar Heels and what's going on there with Candace. All that coming up on Locked On Pitt. going on folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast i am here on third preview thursday this week it's usually preview friday but it's a special preview thursday and i have a special guest with me candace cooper host of locked on acc i've been pushing the show to y'all all the time on this you really should go check out locked on acc candace how are you doing I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. You know, it's always fun to talk a little ACC shop with guys I don't normally get to talk to, right? I'm always with my other co-host, but Nick, it's such a pleasure to finally get on this Locked on Pit stage. I've been waiting. Yeah, Locked on Pit. It's it's here. It's, it's here to stay. And Pitt's football team is obviously here <laughs> to make a statement, too. And listen, if you don't know, before Locked on ACC, Candace used to host Locked on Tar Heels. So I did. So we are certainly going to get Enough UNC for our our, uh, our our blood, I guess, for today. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll try my best to get shake off the rest here, but no, I think I should be good. I've watched enough of this team to know it might be ugly, but they're going to get it done. In UNC, I mean, I've talked about them a lot this week, but such an enigma of a team. Beating Wake, beating uh, – they beat Miami, a really good – Miami team that now looks actually really good. Mm-hmm. They lose to Virginia Tech, who looks absolutely – awful now i mean <laughs> this team is really a tough team to read on because you don't know which they also get boat raced by georgia tech just another weird result i don't know what's your kind of read on this north carolina team are they finally hitting their stride or is this just a team that week in week out you're like you absolutely yeah you don't know who you're gonna get i think they are extremely consistently inconsistent it's year two really of that right we assumed that we were going to see some growth from the defense, definitely regressed. We assumed that our line was going to be a lot more mature when it comes to protecting Sam Howell. Not really the case. He's scrambling for his life. So you're just kind of like, okay, whatever we can get. And the fact that we lost so much, you know, in terms of our offensive weapons that people just assume would be replaced, but it's a lot harder than people think. And so now we're just scrambling a little bit here. And I mean, this team is just something where every single weekend you assume they have what it takes to win, but then they make an ass of themselves. And so you're just like, yeah, it is what it is. You don't, you learn to not lose a wink of sleep over Carolina football. Yeah. And for Pitt fans, I think they see UNC in their nightmares because even when UNC <laughs> was bad, they had Pitt's number and Pitt yeah. finally got off that list in 2019 when they got a win. On a Thursday night matchup, actually, <laughs> um, which is just interesting to me. Sam Howell, 
versus Kenny Pickett part two on Thursday night, ACC football. And I think that you look at, you talked about the weapons loss, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Diami Brown, Daz Newsom, a lot of guys, Josh down has stepped in and played at a high level. Ty Chandler had a nuclear game last week. Outside of that, maybe Antoine green, but there's not a, it's not, it's not looking good. And, and yeah. even Ty Chandler has had his bad games and it's kind of just Sam Howe running around and trying to play pinball. And I, I mean, with Pitt's offense and obviously with how bad, I guess, it, you, as you talk about consistently inconsistent, that speaks to Pitt's defense perfectly as well. I mean, can Pitt's, can UNC's offense show up enough to keep up with Pitt's offense? Because that's kind of going to be the story. It's going to be a shootout, we expect. Absolutely. You know, I think the way we saw with Carolina and Wake Forest and the way Sam Howell was able to compete with Sam Hartman, it's never going to be an issue about can Sam Howell find his men? Can he run the play? I think, you know, he obviously went down with a little bit of injury during that game, but was able to tough it out. How much can Pitt's defense make him rush all night long? Can they make him frustrated? That's going to be the biggest thing. But if Ty can have two games in a row to do well, I think they absolutely can keep up the pace with Kenny Pickett, but we don't have the same kind of receiving core. Like I, I was at the Pitt Duke game and saw Jordan Addison in person. And I was like, well, hot damn, it's going to be a long day for Carolina secondary. Right. So I assume that Carolina is able to compete. It's just a matter of these defenses. Who's going to decide to be that big time defense on Thursday. And I think that's says it perfectly. You know, Pitt is such a weird defense because you look at their play and I've talked about it before. Good D line play. It's kind of the standard. Bad linebacker play, not expected. We thought the linebacker team the core was going to be great. And then I hate to pick on one guy, but good old Eric Hallett back there, number 31 in the secondary. Man, he's had a rough year. Tough year yeah. of things. It's <laughs> a tough year, and I'm very worried because Josh Downs plays so much in the slot. And you know Narduzzi's scheme. It's man-man. And yeah. It's going to be ugly, I think, for Hallett. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, well, I think that Carolina's offense – going to have to depend on other people besides Josh because once you eliminate him you know it really is who else is there and so you saw, kind of saw that in the Notre Dame game they were able to call on Olsen and Green and then if they desperately needed Josh Downs absolutely delivered but they're going to have to use some other guys they're going to have to use Kamari Mor Morales they're going to have to use Nesbitt so I think that's going to be the biggest thing and then Ty Chandler you know he's going to have to figure it out because Sam can't run the entire damn game like eventually people get hit to that. <laughs> and the defensive line, as you mentioned from Pitt, is definitely one that can stand up against the Sam and are looking to make, maybe take him out of the game. And we ain't got those backups that can make us do anything special. So, Yeah, and, and Pitt's a team that I look at and I kind of look at this game and I think they can pull off a Georgia Tech-like performance and mm -hmm. because of their D-line. And I know the secondary sucks. They'll give up big plays. They, they always do. It's Pitt's, it's Pitt's defense. <laughs> like Georgia Tech had – 400 yards of offense only put up 21 on the board against mm -hmm. them. Um, but like, I think Ty Chandler is a very interesting topic because rushing for over 200 yards, like he did against wake kind of came out of nowhere. He was very talented at, at Tennessee, but Pitt's run defense has also been really good this year. Mm -hmm. Mateo Durant found a little bit of success, not right. completely a ton of success. And that's the thing with Pitt is if they want if UNC wants to get Chandler going, Pitt might be able to take him out of the game because they just get up early. Yeah. 
I think that Ty is one of those guys who's had to carry a lot on his shoulders in terms of being, he's not Javante, he's not Michael, but then it's like, okay, but who are you? Can you be consistent? And I think we got spoiled watching Javante and Michael because they made sugar out of a lot of ish situations when it came to our line as is the parent. And Ty has been a little bit frustrated with what we've had going on, but no, I think we had also haven't seen back-to-back or even halfway good games in a row from him. So if he is able to pull that off, I think Pitt will have a long day, but it's not impossible to swallow him up in the backfield. Like I've seen time and time again. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the, that's the big story, but we'll, we'll keep talking about the, this UNC offense, but first folks, listen, this episode's brought to you by McDonald's. If you aren't loving it, I don't know what you're doing out here. But listen, McDonald's is probably serving community since 1965. They've always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. Candice, I, I don't know if, if this is possible. You think there could be a locked on ACC watch party there? <laughs> Absolutely could be a locked on ACC watch party. I'm sure if some people are going to be out there on Thursday watching Carolina Pitt, you know, on their phones as they're eating their uh, Big Mac, it's obviously a great time just to fellowship and refuel and recharge for sure. Yeah, place where you can go refuel, recharge if you're on the road. I know some of you Pitt fans on Friday are making that trip to Morgantown. Stop by while you're going down there uh, for the backyard brawl as well. Folks, listen, McDonald's is more than just a food place. It's more than just a food chain. It's a community. And a big thank you to our friends over there at McDonald's for always being there. As they say, I'm loving it. podcast your first listen every day available free on all platforms listen wherever you listen we have candace cooper on here today a great guest from locked on acc let's talk about this offensive line because this has been the story i think pit fans are talking about the most if you kind of look at that 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 o-line they have been a nuisance for this this offense but but and i talked about this yesterday sam howell's neutralized that because sam howell is Mm -hmm. this is a crazy stat but first in missed ta- and forced missed tackles in the ACC, it's Sean Tucker. Two is Sam Howe. That's how mm-hmm. good he's been rushing this year. He's literally made just chicken salad out of, you know, chicken. Boom. Um, and, and that's, and that's, that's, that's been Sam Howe. And yeah. it's really been – I Notre, the, the, the touchdown run against Notre Dame in particular was kind of like that. He's just been dynamic, but the offensive line is just a huge issue. Yeah, nearly 700 yards on the season for Sam. I think we were expecting big things out of Josh's doo-doo. We were expecting big things out of Jordan Tucker. But more importantly, you know, Caron Johnson and being the center and having to switch Brian Anderson and having that rotation. That's not an easy thing to do when you're you're looking for your center to be like the main focus of a squad, right, in your offense. So that's been a big struggle. But I think Sam has also been frustrated with receivers being able to separate and maybe it's being stubborn, right? And trying to do everything yourself, putting the team on your back. It's worked for this long. I wish maybe the receivers would find a way to figure it out or the fact that you just give it a little time, but you can just see the frustration. He doesn't have a lot when it comes to this offensive line. And he's definitely, again, tried to play superhero. I always get a little nervous. He's not, he's learned how to be a better slider, right? It's not his thing, but it's like one play. I'm just holding my breath. Like I get the 17 yards. I understand the chunk plays, but man, oh man, it would just be great if he didn't have to do all that work. And that's the point. I mean, Sam Howell, one of these days, 
he escaped it against Wake, but one of these days you're worried he's going to not get up. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. Rushing has been is a strength of Sam Howell, but it's probably not what you want him to be doing. Want him to be standing there swinging <laughs> that rock because you know yeah. Sam Howell is a very talented thrower of football. Now, you know, if there's a – you talked about the kind of the supporting cast. If there's one guy that's not named Josh Downs, Ty Chandler, and Sam Howell, who's the guy Pitt should be worried about the most? I think, honestly, between Antoine Green and Kamari Morales, those are two guys that I think have had big moments, flashy moments. It sucks that, you know, Emory Simmons decided to transfer because I think he was on his way. And this, to me, is Sam's last year, so you might as well get some good highlight film with a guy who can absolutely throw darts at you. But, you know, I think Kamari Morales has definitely been a big um, tight end for us. But then you also have Olsen, who's kind of taken that place for both Morales being that bigger receiver and so I think those are the guys that they're going to have to watch out for but in comparison you know to some of the ones that we've seen on the other side of the pit it's going to be tough <laughs> like they're not going to have the same sort of like quick uh, juke type plays they're not going to be able to really break ankles but I think they're going to do enough and make enough catches to where they're going to keep Carolina in that game yeah I think that this one's not going to be an easy one I'll say that yeah um, now let's let's talk about Kenny Pickett because okay I do want to hear it from an outsider's perspective. I, I give my perspective all the time on Kenny Pickett. Sure. And mine's actually not too bullish on him compared to most because I love the guy as a college quarterback. Okay. He's a first rounder, for example. That's kind of my, my take. Um, yeah. But what have you seen from Kenny Pickett and how dangerous is he? You know, watching him against Duke, that was my first time getting to see him in person. Obviously, I've watched him on TV plenty. I had a whole debate on my show. I had a five-minute you know, post-show segment to talk about Kenny Pickett and whether he was a first rounder or not with locked on Wolfpack host uh, Kenton Gibbs because he's one of these football guru guys. Guys, make sure you check that out because I was just pretty much listening and being a student. But Kenny is great, right? I think coming back, being your senior season, kind of getting that time, you know, 2020 was crazy for everybody, but 2021 has definitely been his time to kind of elevate his game and show that senior leadership and just show that he can really hit his targets well. I think that's been the biggest thing, accuracy. And for me, you know, watching a lot of inaccurate, I watch a lot of Duke games. <laughs> I've been to a lot of, you know, certain games where I'm just like head scratchers. I think Kenny has probably been one of the biggest highlights for the conference. I know this is a quarterback conference, but Kenny's really stepped up in those ways. And I think that it's ultimately about how he's able to deliver in tight moments because Pitt has been tested plenty of times. They haven't come away with wins always, but I never put it on Kenny, right? I don't ever think it's come down to the offense. I think it's definitely been some defensive struggles that ultimately take him out of the game. But to have someone who you can say, okay, it's not him. (laughs) Anybody who can put up 40 to 50 points, you know, without blinking an eye, it certainly, you know, speaks volumes to his leadership. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summation of Kenny Pickett. Just the exact reason Pitt is 7-2 ranked right now. Kind of just everything. You look at the leader in the Coastal. It's Kenny Pickett. And mm-hmm. I remember that Tennessee game. And that's what yeah. I think of. Whenever I think things are bad, Kenny Pickett. They were in that Miami game. Kenny Pickett. Everything that, that has happened this year is mainly because of Kenny Pickett. And that's, that's the truth. But listen, it's not just because of Kenny Pickett. He also, as you have alluded to, he has a heck of a, a core of weapons here. Yeah. And obviously the crown jewel of that is Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know completely the history of UNC versus these top weapons they face this year. I know they face guys like Dontavian Witch, Charleston Rambo, um, like really dynamic players. How, how big of a threat is Jordan Addison to a team like UNC? 
mean, he's a huge threat. I mean, I think Tony Grimes and Don Chapman, who we lost to the season to a lower body injury, but, you know, Tony Grimes, true uh, sophomore and right. He's figuring out his legs and footing. And I think that our secondary has always been something that's been our Achilles heel, but having Trey Morrison back there and having the, him be a little bit older, figuring things out, but Storm Duck is really going to be the most interesting part of the game because him returning is, that, is a big reason to me why Carolina won that weight game. Just his energy, leadership. I mean, of course, it's always fun to call the guy Storm Duck's name, right? But I think it's going to be a challenge to see if he can rise to the occasion and kind of really stop and contain a Jordan. It's not going to happen, you know, often, but can you at least make it so he's frustrated, right? And can you please smart? Because we saw with the weight game, A.T. Perry is extending his arm. Can we get some plays, ACC refs? Let's talk about it. You know, it's struggling with off that offensive pass interference. I think that's just a whole another dicey game that we play. But when I look at Jordan Addison, that's never his issue. He's just literally out. He Whether he mosses you or he, he embarrasses you, he's absolutely just taking it away from that uh, secondary secondary group. So I think that's something that UNC is going to have to be leery of. I do think that Miami did frustrate him a little bit. James Williams yeah. is a very interesting player, six foot four safety. And he kind of gave him a little bit of issues. Not that, you know, Kenny, to be fair, Kenny should have had him for two touchdowns. The last pick was a miscommunication between the two of them. And he also mm-hmm. dusted him earlier. And Kenny's first interception of the game was a bad throw to Tate Sear Mac. Um, but they, they frustrated him a little bit because they yeah. had so much size. Now, I don't see someone quite like that in the UNC secondary. But Storm yeah. Duck is, is a guy that I kind of am highlighting there as someone that could, that could be a big impact. But Pitt, on the other side, you know, the running game has been something for Pitt that has actually come on. You know, they're not, it's not like they're an elite rushing attack, but when they want to be, they can be. Yeah. And that's been something that I've kind of talked about this week. I feel like if Pitt really wants to go in here and pound the rock and just take the ball out of Sam Howell's hands, and instead of doing those explosive element plays and throwing the defense back out on the field every two minutes, they could run it. And Israel Banny Kanda has played at a high level, and Pitt really has three quality backs in a Banny Kanda, Vincent Davis, and Rodney Hammond. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you think that's a viable strategy, but I know and I've seen it. This is not a good Carolina run defense. Tell me about it. So I think the run game is going to be crucial, but I think one thing that Wake Forest didn't do well is they kept putting their defense back on the field. So always going to A.T. Perry, right? Always going to your big time receivers and they abandoned their run game. That's something that Pitt's going to absolutely have to utilize in order to stay in this one. Can you get the big chunk, you know, plays? Can you get eight yards on the first down and kind of just keep pounding the rock and then ultimately maybe find the guys like Jordan Addison? So that's probably you know they if they're watching film it's going to be absolutely take some clock away don't give Sam Howell time to make some plays because he can't you know right so I think that's going to be the biggest thing is to utilize those three you know three-headed monster essentially when it comes to the ground yeah we'll keep talking about this UNC defense versus the pit offense as well as predictions because that's always the special end to this episode but first folks I got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. They're back and better than ever. They have a whole new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. All you have to do is head over to that new uploaded and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. Again, that's our promo code Locked on from basketball football baseball postseason nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online 
where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, this third and final segment of the Locked On Pit Podcast on Preview Thursday with Candace Cooper. Candace, we were talking about that pit offense versus the UNC defense. I guess, you know, we've talked about specific elements of kind of everything. The biggest thing for me is Pitt's supporting weapons, I think, are going to have to be big. The issue is they are missing Jalen Barden. They might be missing Gavin Bartholomew, and they are also going to be missing Taysier Mack. And see, Bartholomew is my guy. Like, literally, I'm all about the house type, tight end type, big, just husky, get it done. It reminds me of Hunter Long from Boston College, who's just able to find their way, right, and dominate some of these secondary. And that's for Carolina. <laughs> that was a long day last season when they played Boston College, right? So I was looking forward to Bartholomew. But no, Sear Mack, definitely someone who would have been played. But Jared Wayne, haven't mentioned his name yet. I also mm-hmm. think that he's a huge asset to this receiving core and is going to be a big weapon against these Tar Heels on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what Bartholomew, he's probably going to be questionable. He wanted to come back in on that Duke game. I hope he's good to go. I hope he's good to go because they need him. Lucas Kroll has been in a weird slump recently where he can't catch the football. I don't know what's going on with that. I will say I think Shockey Jacques Louis stepped up last week. Hopefully Mm -hmm. they get Melky Stovall back. It's just a stupid deep team. At the, at the we we love depth, though. That's something that Carolina honestly cannot name, and that's going to be the biggest thing. Can you just keep rolling and dishing it out? And that's what can Carolina's defense respond. That's their biggest issue. They don't know how to respond when you switch it up on them. You've got guys who are good at certain aspects of the game, like Jordan Addison and then others who can definitely make you have a long night, Jared Wayne, right? So can they adjust but can they keep their assignments? That's just, there's so many things that frustrate you about Carolina. So you don't know. There could be Jeremiah Gimmel stepping up big. There could be Gina Sante trying to get in there, but there could also be them all just whiffing tackles. So I'm just going to sit here and say, just enjoy it for what it is. You can see some breakout games for those Panthers or you absolutely could be a long night. Listen, Pitt would welcome a breakout game from Melky <laughs> Stovall. Shockey had his breakout game last week. Hey, maybe even the freshman Jane Bradley starting to get a bit of a role there. Listen. He's talented. I'll tell you, Brennan Marion's done a great job here with these receivers. Um, but, you know, I just want to look big picture now. Just what do you think about UNC's defense versus Pitt's offense? Not just, you know, oh, crap, that's a bad matchup. Can they get critical stops against Kenny Pickett and this team to where maybe they'll be able to slow them down just one or two drives and let Sam Howell and the offense do what they do? I honestly think that's going to be Pitt getting its getting in its own way over Carolina, making some explosive play, right? I think it's going to be, well, while I do feel like Carolina can make some turnovers and they can absolutely give you those three and outs, it's going to be few and far between. How can they contain and not get in, not get in their own way also from penalties? They absolutely are keen for holding, for defensive pass interference, or just being offsides and all those stupid things that you have them right where you want them. It's like third and nine, and then you can't figure it out and can't get off the field. So that's Carolina in a nutshell. That's their defense. But I think offensively, if uh, Pittsburgh just sticks to their game, it's going to be a long day for the heels. I'm just going to be honest. Listen, that's kind of been my feeling. <laughs> I'm, you know, before the season, I said three games I was scared of. Western Michigan, 
It looked like I, I just knew Western Michigan was going to be a trap game. I knew Caleb Ellaby could ball. I knew they had Sky Moore and Corey Crooms. I knew mm. it was a bad matchup. I knew if they did everything wrong, they could lose that game. They did everything wrong and they <laughs> lost that game. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, you know, and then as I kind of started to get into the schedule and pit, you know, beat Georgia Tech and we were looking forward, I was like, Miami. It could be this is a classic pit loss. Like Van Dyke's in there, he's playing at a high level. Jalen Knighton, they can get explosive plays. And I knew that was something else. And Pitt lost. Virginia's the third game. It's not UNC. It's not UNC. While this game is a tough one for Pitt, I kind of feel oddly comfortable going into Thursday. I feel like it's a better matchup for Pitt than people will admit. I mean, it's a night game. It's Carolina being the only team. Everyone's looking at them. So they absolutely are going to blow it. I'm just here to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) That's just something they're not great at. Listen, I could say the same thing about Pitt. They're absolutely going to blow it yeah, every it, time. Yeah, and I think the one thing, if Carolina does want to take Pitt out of its game, you saw with Wake Forest, it got really chippy, right? I think with all that was on the line for Wake Forest and them being undefeated and how they were trying to roll, I think they got out of their own game. They had 11 penalties on day. That just doesn't happen for a Wake Forest. And if you look at a Pitt team who knows that they have the Coastal literally right in front of them beyond a couple games, they got to just stay focused, not look ahead and try and just get through this one. Because if Carolina can get under your skin, they absolutely have the weapons and talent to beat you. That's the thing with Pitt. When they get in their own way, they can lose <laughs> anybody. And I mean yeah. anybody. When they get out of their own way, they can go beat Hendon Hooker in Tennessee, who looks like a pretty good team, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. They could go – Pitt could do anything from win the ACC and win an NY6 to go in eight and four and go into the Sun Bowl. I don't know. It's it, That's the range of outcomes. And I know yeah. that Pitt – has the talent to do either or. So it's been a wild, wild season for Pitt. But this game I'm really looking forward to. How versus Pickett, it's just so much fun. I mean, just before we go into predictions, how versus Pickett, I mean, who 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 do you think is going to outduel each other? And, and how excited are you just to watch those two duel it out? You know, I think it's going to be, we're going to see more of the same with Sam. We're going to probably see a lot of strong run game out of him. And hopefully he can stay healthy throughout the entire game, right? I think Kenny's arm is definitely going to deliver same way Sam Hartman said. But I don't think that you're going to see as many picks as Sam Hartman had during that Wake Forest game. Got a little too nervous, at it, got a little antsy and all of that good stuff. So I think Kenny's going to stay right on target and really hit people when it matters. That's when I saw from the Duke matchup, when it was getting close, you know, in the beginning, he was able to kind of tighten things up really quickly and take Duke out of it in that second half of the game. And so if they can do that the same way, that it's, it remains close. If you get them like that 48-48, you know, I think the upper hand may go to Carolina because they just were in that situation. In the same way that if you give them a 41-25, to 25, I think Pitt's gonna, just going to seal the deal. So it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, I think that Pitt is in a very interesting position, but they got to start fast. And they have to start fast because Carolina will start fast. Carolina is absolutely because they know they have to. They're also great at starting fast and then dying off in the second and third quarter, then figuring out some way, but maybe coming up short in the fourth or sometimes delivering in the fourth. So that's going to be the biggest thing. The complete opposite. The complete opposite (laughs) of Pitt. You always start slow, they kill you in the second and third. And then in the fourth, you never know what you're in for. It's trick yeah. or treat in the, in the in the fourth. It's like <laughs> it's like sometimes they're completely dominant to the point where literally that I remember in VT they had a 11 minute drive and just shut that door, and they did the same against Clemson. 
and they did the same against Georgia Tech and they did the same against Tennessee. And yeah. I was like, okay, this is cool. And then they did in Miami and the offense died. And I was like, what's going on? The <laughs> offense died and the defense suddenly started playing good yeah. football. I don't know what happened. Um, but Pitt's, Pitt's a very weird team and they start slow. And that's why they lost against Miami. That's why they lost against Western Michigan. They're lucky to have won Tennessee because they had to come back from a big hole in that game as well. They got to start fast or it's, it's either one. The defense starts fast and slows down UNC. The offense starts fast and matches UNC until the defense can get their act together. Quite yeah. simple. I think it's going to be more of a game about the defense than it will be about offense. It's like who's going to actually sack up and decide that they want to earn some respect on that other side of the ball because you know you have two big you know powerhouses when it comes to quarterbacks on both ends. So who on the defensive side is going to have a big game? That's going to be the deciding factor for me. I completely agree. Turnovers <laughs> are going to be the big factor too. Yeah. Two turnovers for Pitt against Miami. Big, big, big factor. Three against Western Michigan. You can't be giving away those three, those free possessions, especially to Sam Howell and company. All right. Let's get down to predictions. Candace, okay. give me your official prediction. What are you feeling for this Thursday night clash between Howell and Pitt? Honestly, I think it's going to be 45-42 Carolina. I think I'm going to have to be a homer here, right? I think Carolina did some big things against Wake Forest and only because I said that they're going to choke and it's fine because I got hype on them. But I do think that Carolina is absolutely going to match the energy. They're going to be in it hot and heavy and then they're going to go cold and they're going to have some three and outs that you just have to scratch your head and really get upset about. But maybe the defense gets some turnovers this game. They continue that Trey Morrison energy of finding a way to step up storm duck being back. So I think they ultimately squeak it out. And I also think our special teams is doing big things and we're, we're making by doing big things. I mean, we're making kicks. Okay. So I think that Garrett Addison is going to do his job in that regard. So I think it's going to come down to one of these final plays and they're going to squeak it out. I would love to see kind of just that away win for Carolina for confidence sake. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a homer here too. I think Pitt is going to come out in this one. Big yeah. time energy. This feels like a game where Pat Narduzzi puts on the Pat Narduzzi cloak and becomes a very good coach for a night. And <laughs> I just, I just am kind of building up the matchup, how, how they match up and Pitt obviously doesn't match up well against good quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. It's the scheme. It's the scheme name run. But I think this offensive line is going to be the bane of North Carolina's existence. And I think it's going to cost them maybe a turnover or two. I think that Pitt, is going to the defense is going to step up when they need it. I think Kenny Pickett is going to play at a high level. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I'm picking Pitt here at home, but I'm actually going to go a little lower than people think. I'm going to go 35 okay. to 31. And I think the reason why I think Pitt's going to actually start to chew some clock. I think mm. I think it's going to be 35 24 in the fourth quarter. I think Hal's going to get a touchdown and Pitt's just going to drain the clock, just run That's it smart. out. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree. Listen, I'm all for games where if you can walk away knowing that you gave your absolute all I'm okay with that I don't feel like Carolina has done that every single loss that they've had so if they've given everything this season if they I don't care if we have to go six overtimes like we did with Virginia Tech in 2019 like if you have to do all this and you play your heart out I'm cool with the loss but just don't let yourself get beat right like just don't let that be your thing absolutely and I think that's the biggest thing when you just kind of look at them and Pitt I think is at the moment where they are right now and yeah they are ready for it. I feel like this is the type of game Pat Narduzzi's groups just come up and they play at a high level. And I feel like they're going to get the help they need. All right, Candace, before we get out of here, let's mm -hmm. plug your stuff. Where can they find you? Where can they listen to you? All that. Yeah. Good stuff. 
All that good stuff. Thank you so much, Nick, for the opportunity to come on the show. I really appreciate listening to you every single week, trying to get some insight about Kenny Pickett and the squad, right? I always want to be abreast to all of my ACC schools. You can find me at Locked on ACC on Twitter or at Candace D. Cooper. You can follow Locked on ACC podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, appreciate you also subscribing on YouTube. It's not my favorite, but hey, listen, if you got to look at my face in order to listen to my content, whatever you got to do. Okay, cool. Love it. Thank you, Nick. And as she said, make sure to go check out the Locked On ACC podcast. I know you make Locked On Pick your first listen. Make sure to make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. All right, folks. Big game coming up tomorrow. I'll be at Heinz Field. Say hi if you find out, if you somehow see me on the way there and all that good stuff. Thanks for listening as always, folks. And hail to Pitt.